unbelievably talented, multi-tooled, but a bit of a bitch. <laughs> You're listening to Unscripted with Mike and Chris, brutally honest sports talk. And now, here is Mike Jansen. A couple weeks ago on, uh, I can't remember what episode number it was, Chris and I were trying to figure out how to save the game of baseball primarily from itself. And I think we pretty much solved their problems in about 10 minutes. We fired Robbie Manfred. We kicked Tony Clark to the curb. He's the head of the Major League Baseball Players Association. He's just a limp dick. Uh, Robbie Manfred is a stupid limp dick. Um, but we kind of just think we solved some of their problems, and we certainly don't think that there should be a need for a 162-game uh, season anymore. I think we cut it down to somewhere somewhere at maximum was going to be 100 games. I think Chris was more in line with about 72 games or something like that off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just... And I know we have recently, or Chris has recently categorized or or titled one of our episodes as the cavalcade of crap. And that's what Major League Baseball is right now. It's a cesspool of shit. And uh, I truly do not believe that they are going to be able to avoid themselves and get a start to or any kind of season in 2020 in Major League Baseball. They're just billionaires arguing with millionaires and they don't seem to understand what's going on in the big picture here in regard to around the world, whether it be the coronavirus pandemic, which unfortunately I heard this morning, there has been a sighting of a second start, a second wave in Beijing, China this morning. And so Jesus Christ. Um, I just, I, I, Major League Baseball does not understand its importance in society today. It's not that great that there are a lot bigger issues in the world right now than worrying again about billionaires and millionaires arguing over dollars and cents. There are literally millions and millions of people around this world that are unemployed right now. And you've got immature baby punk pricks out there again, arguing over dollars and cents. Chris and I got tired of listening to it and kind of topical in the way that the major league baseball Amateur draft was, uh, they were doing it this week. I think it was only a two-day thing because as in years past where there were 62 rounds, there were only 20 rounds of this one to my recollection. And I can honestly tell you that I was not one of the eight people that was watching ESPN's uh, coverage of the 2020 amateur baseball draft. I can't imagine that it was a big rating success watching the Major League Baseball draft. It never was when it was 62 rounds and there was no coronavirus and there was no racial tension and there was no George Floyd stuff. There's no pro, there's nothing going on. It was just a regular old walk in the park day and it was not a big ratings hit then because again, you're drafting kids that people don't really know about. Maybe a kid from Arizona State because they've got a renowned baseball program at Arizona State and off the top of my head, I think, I played stupid with the Chris because I didn't really know, but I just it just popped in my head going through some notes this morning that the first pick was a first baseman from Arizona State that went to the Detroit Tigers. Chris had the team right. Congratulations to him. I didn't even have the fucking team right. But I do know that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We are going to try to liven up the, our version of the 2020 Major League Baseball draft 
We're calling it the nuclear draft of 2020. We are taking, and remember, two weeks ago, we, uh, we got rid of six Major League Baseball teams. We've condensed Major League Baseball down to 24 teams. We've relocated the Washington Nationals. The World Series champion Washington Nationals are now back home in Montreal. They're recreated in our league as the Montreal Expos. We've gotten rid of six teams, which were the Tampa Bay Rays, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the San Diego Padres, um, Miami Marlins, Miami Marlins, Colorado Rockies, Colorado Rockies Kansas City Royals. We right. got rid of those six teams. We've included our friend Greg in our little nuclear draft. Greg has supplied a list of names. I'm going to pass the microphone over to Chris to give you the meat and and potatoes of what we're trying to get accomplished here. But the first and foremost thing is fun. First and foremost thing is fun. First and foremost thing is to get shit off of Mikey's mind right now. And we're going to laugh and giggle and poke fun at Robbie Manfred and what he has done and his team to screw up the game of baseball to the point that we may not see, I don't think we're going to see baseball in 2020, but even longer range ramifications of these idiots trying to do business is that we may not see baseball maybe for years to come. And when you lay off a thousand minor league players, like they did a couple of weeks ago, major league baseball could be in trouble, but we have concocted. Each of us have put a list together. I've got 25 names on my list. I don't know how many Greg or Chris have on their list. Doesn't matter. We'll go by team by team. We'll conduct, what, again, what we're calling the nuclear draft. Having said that, with more of the meat and the potatoes, the guy that put this together, the executive producer of our little program, the boss, Mr. Flu. Thanks, Mike. All right. Well, yeah, what I did was I sort of did this uh, sort of fairly complex thing to get our draft order here. What I did was I started by ranking the teams in reverse order of revenue, and then I sort of did a bunch of little sub sort of um, drawings within that so that you still had the bigger teams getting later picks. You know, I didn't want the Yankees to get the first overall pick or something. And also at uh, 23 and 24, the last two picks, we've got the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros <laughs> as punishment. Now, what I really wanted to do, if the math would have worked out evenly, I would have just not given them uh, a first round a, pick, yeah. pick at all, right? <laughs> In fairness, but we had already we had already um, parted ways. Mike already went home. We already said, okay, eight times three, uh, we're each going to be eight GMs, and then it just works out with twenty four teams. So we put them those the last two, and then of course Mike's got news later on about how the Yankees may be involved with some cheating similar to what the Red Sox did. And that won't surprise anybody because it was just hard to imagine the Yankees as good guys. And it was hard to imagine the Red Sox having some sort of secret edge that the Yankees wouldn't have but had. You know, again, I, and I want to talk about this in later we, editions. We will. I'm okay, just kind of real, foreshadowing real quick, it. I know, I, know, I know exactly what you're doing and you're doing a great job. But I'm just saying this. Why is it that the rich teams have to cheat? Why aren't the Rays cheating? Why aren't the Twins cheating? Because why aren't... I, I, I just don't get it. These guys, the Yankees, the Astros, the Red Sox, these guys have more money than brains. They can buy pennants. They can buy rosters. And yet these are the guys that have to go out and do the sign-stealing crap. I don't quite understand I, that. I, Sorry. I, I had it's okay. No, no. You know what? It actually makes perfect sense to me because they're the ones with all the pressure and they're the ones who are expected to win. If you're the Miami Marlins, no one expects you to win. There's no pressure. True. Right. True. And so and, and so that's what it leads to. True. And it's not an excuse, but that's just, 
human nature, I think. And so it's just, you know, it's people don't realize how tough it is to be on top and have those massive expectations. I mean, that's normal for the Yankees anyway, never mind when Steinbrenner was running things. I mean, poor guy, like some of these guys like Joe Torre and... You would think that the Yankees would want to keep Joe Torre as long as possible because under his reign, they won five titles. So uh, One title would look good right now, wouldn't it? You know, again, it's been 2010, excuse me, 2009 since the Yankees have won a World Series championship. Yeah. And I'm bitching about the Packers because they haven't won since 2010. Let's get on with this draft. All right. Sounds good. Um, So... Uh, anyway, uh, what- Greg, yeah, I'll just introduce the team. I'll make, uh, you'll make your, cause Greg, uh, Greg is with us, uh, not on the phone. He's with us in spirit, but he has provided us a list. Yeah. I'll take care of his draft. I'm just works. trying. Oh, I know that. I'm just trying to get, uh, my phone to work here. And I love tell us so much as they're ripping up my front yard. Um, here we go. So first on the list, uh, Chris won the, uh, overall first pick in the draft. He will draft first. I will draft second. Greg will draft third, and then we'll just go in that same order all the way through, one through 24. We're only doing one round. Um, we can't embarrass baseball more than just one round. and Well, we could. And, um, yeah, we'll just go through each of these 24 teams that we have left in our new nuclear draft series, and we'll start. Chris is on the clock with the first pick in the 2020 nuclear draft belongs to the Oakland A's and their general manager, Chris Fluke. All right. So everyone's a free agent. You can draft anyone you want. One thing I will quickly say is all three of us, Mike and Greg and I, all separately made the decision to not draft anyone over the age of 30. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I've got a 27. I've got a 29 is my oldest guy, but uh, I do not have anybody over the age of 30 going into mm-hmm. what would be the 2020 Major League Baseball season. Yeah, and that was my plan all along, and then I got a text from Greg saying the same thing, and none of us talked to each other about that, nope. and we all just separately came up with that. I actually, almost everyone on my list is actually 25 or under. I really? Went, I went really hard on just long-term See, prospects. I, I looked at that. I really did. Mm-hmm. But even I, and I think I have decent baseball knowledge. More than me. I didn't know some of the players. Mm-hmm. And I... I, I, I the one thing that, because again, this is again poking fun and having fun, but mostly poking fun at Major League Baseball, I wanted to put players on my team, and obviously you guys did too, that at least there's name recognition. I mean, there's some fine young players, but if he's 22 and playing in, you know, double A last year, I don't know who he is. So that's why I kind of just kicked it up a little bit. I don't have anybody over the age of 30. Yeah, none of us do. And mine are extra young. I went with very few big stars from today. There's a few I really like, including with the first overall pick here. But for the most part, uh, I'm more on the young 25 and under building a franchise for the future. All the rosters are empty right now until now. And we will start and uh, with the first pick in the 2020 nuclear draft, the Oakland A's select Mike Trout, no big surprise there. I did go pretty obvious here. This is one of my very, very few guys who is over 25. He's 28 yep. out of New Jersey. And Mike Trout is pretty much universally considered the best baseball player right now. And one of the greatest of all time. I mean, eight-time all-star, all MLB first team. This guy's done everything except win a championship. He's been an MVP, rookie of the year, seven-time silver slugger, two-times Hank Aaron. He's led the AL in RBIs. He's led the AL in stolen bases. He's part of the 30-30 for club, and he even hit for the cycle once. The guy can do it all, both sides of the ball. There's no one else you'd rather have on your team than Mike Trout. 
And uh, I, I know that's kind of a gimme there, but I, I mean, I think that most of us, actually, you know what? According to Greg, Greg would have had, if Greg had had the first overall pick, he would not have used Mike Trout. Mike Trout would have been his second pick. So I'll just leave that. And so I'm thinking maybe he gets his man when he picks for the Mariners at number three here. But, sir, you're on the clock, and you thought you might enjoy making this pick here. Well, first of all, I just need to say this. This is how dominant, and I'm going to say right now, that if I had the first pick, my first pick would have been Mike Trout. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think all I needed to say here was that he is the 2019 American League MVP. As Chris mentioned, he's won three MVPs, and he finished second four times. Wow. So seven years, he's been first or second. That's getting to Jack Nicholas territory. <laughs> That's getting into Jack and Tiger territory for sure. So if I had had the first pick, that would have been my first pick. My first pick, though, as the general manager, and I don't think this is going to happen a lot in regard to uh, a team that act, a guy that actually gets drafted here in the nuclear draft that is actually going to play for the team he is playing for now. But in this scenario because A, I'm a homer, and two, <laughs> he legitimately is a great baseball player. Um, the second overall pick in the 2020 nuclear draft, the pick belongs to the Milwaukee Brewers, and uh, general manager Jansen has decided to pick right fielder Kristen Yelich of the Brewers, the, eight, the, the uh, 2018 National League MVP, and I truly believe in my heart of hearts, if he doesn't get injured and miss the last 18 games of the year, he wins back-to-back -back National League MVPs in 2018 and 2019. Last year when Yelich got hurt with the uh, busted kneecap that some Florida Marlins pitcher hit him, excuse me, Miami Marlins pitcher hit him <laughs> with because he couldn't hit the strike zone, uh, Yelich was at 44 homers, over 100 RBIs, and over 30 stolen bases, and he missed the last 18 games. So my pick... At number two of the 2020 uh, nuclear draft, Kristen Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers to the Milwaukee Brewers. So number three on the list, we'll go to our buddy Greg. He is on the clock. He will have the third pick in our nuclear draft, and that pick belongs to the Seattle Mariners. That's right. And so uh, Greg did not have Mike Trout or uh, your buddy Mr. Yelich as his number one pick. So his number one pick that he will use with the third overall pick to go to Seattle is normally on the Atlanta Braves, but will now be on Seattle. It is Ronald Acuna Jr. Oh, it's yeah. his, his furry first pick. That is who Greg thinks is the one guy he would build something around. Uh, he's only 22, so very, very young. But, I mean, he did have 41 homers and 37 stolen bases this year. Pretty good. Uh, he's, he's really solid. He's not as... I noticed when I went through a lot of these lists, the guys would be elite on one side of the ball and maybe not as good on the other this guy's kind of really really good at both i don't know if he's a lead on either one but he, again he's 22 a lot of these guys start to get better and better at this age and he's just you know and, and he's not even aggressive at the plate which is kind of strange for these guys but he's just he seems to be able to do it all he's one of the hardest hitters and he can steal bases and he can kind of do it all so i i can see why greg likes him but uh, that is who he is going with, Ronald Acuna Jr. Great, great young player. Uh, I had him as number 12 on my list. And obviously my list is construed a little differently than Greg's and Chris's is because, again, I don't have any. My, my concentration of players pretty much, guys, is between 25 and 29. And Acuna, obviously at 22, made my list. I just uh, I have here in my notes real quick, 
unbelievably talented, multi-tooled, but a bit of a bitch. <laughs> he had a bit of a problem with an attitude last year that manager Brian Snitker had to sit down and have a little chat. He basically sat for about two or three days while he got his attitude adjustment taken care of, and then it was never a problem. So I think at that time, obviously being only 21 at the time, uh, but unbelievably talented, very good choice by Greg. Um, gutsy choice by Greg because there are, but also I think Greg is looking at, and this is, I'm not speaking for Greg. All I'm saying is he's probably looking at the financial aspect of it too, as well, because right now, Acuna is still a couple years away from eligibility to be a free agent. So a very good pick, I would say, by our, our buddy Greg. Um, let's continue on. Number four on our list goes back to uh, uh, Chris. Number four on our list, uh, the fourth pick of the 2020 nuclear draft here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris, uh, belongs to the Cincinnati Reds. And we go back to the boss, Mr. Fluke, for this choice. Thanks, Mike. All right. And this is going to start the theme that I'm talking about. Almost all my guys are under 25. Mike Trout was 28. I don't know if I'll get a single other guy above 25. I'll try to get a couple, but might not. But for this one, at number four, the Cincinnati Reds select Cody Bellinger, outfielder slash first baseman, currently on the Dodgers, of course. And I mean, he came out of nowhere and he was crushing everybody when he was about dead last in the league in salary at first. And now he is just really taken the place among the greats he's one of the names that comes up when everybody lists who the best guys are right now he can do it all on both sides he plays multiple positions on defense like I said and uh, he just you know he drew almost as many walks as strikeouts uh, this past year his XWOBA and there's so many statistics in baseball now it's like it's hard to keep track of them all but I know that's a big one and only WOBA what the hell is that I don't know but it sounds uh, like a monthly problem but uh, <laughs> uh, he came in second to Mike Trout uh, in that statistical category and when you do that you're on the right track and so yeah I mean the guy can do it all and he's only 24 so Cody Bellinger was my pretty easy choice for that one Excellent. Uh, next on the clock will be the general manager of the Cleveland Indians. That would be me, the fifth overall pick in the 2020 uh, nuclear draft here on Unscripted. Um, a lot of different options, but I have my right fielder now, and I'm trying to I'm trying to draft one position hmm. along the whole diamond. I can't have as much as it'd be attractive to have nine out or eight outfielders. The problem is I don't need eight outfielders. Well, but you're I you're doing eight different teams, though. Really, I do. I'm doing three outfielders. Well, I, again, this is this would be a combination of drafting well. I hope for these teams, but ultimately, ultimately, I'm thinking about my team in regard to the eight players that I'm going to draft here today in the 2020 nuclear draft on unscripted with Mike and Chris. So, with the fifth pick in the 2020 nuclear draft, the Cleveland Indians are going to select third baseman Nolan Arenado of the, of the Colorado Rockies. He is the only player in Major League Baseball since, the, uh, since 2015. Between 2015 and 2019, he is the only player in Major League Baseball with at least 30 home runs a season and more than 100 RBIs in each of those seasons. He's a good glove man. And realistically, folks, if you can play in Colorado in those conditions, I think... You're a pretty good player. And uh, I had another third baseman higher on my list, but 
but he happens to play for the Houston Astros, and I refused to draft Houston Astros players in my team. And so with my second pick and the first overall pick, number five overall for the Cleveland Indians, we have decided to take Nolan Arenado, third baseman of the Colorado Rockies. Nice. You know, he was one of the very, very few guys that I had high up on my list and was willing to take who is a superstar, who um, is not necessarily young enough. No, how old is he? He's definitely over 25. He's 28 years old. Yeah. So he's one of the very few that I was willing to consider because, uh, I mean, his resume, if you look at his stats, well, and I think so ag- good. And again, you're right. And I think that the reason that I like him so much is that he's in, in regard to notoriety in Major League Baseball. Obviously, he's not be, uh, playing in a big market. And I think some people don't realize how good this guy is because, again, he's playing in Denver. And um, they haven't been uh, a perennial playoff team, even though a couple years ago they did make the wild card game. Um, they made the first round series against the Brewers, coincidentally enough. But uh, this guy is, a, is, comparatively speaking, when you play for the Yankees or the Red Sox or these bigger market teams, he is kind of playing in anonymity in Denver. But don't let that fool you, folks. This guy is a superstar. And if he ever gets his wish and gets traded out of Denver and goes to a bigger market and a winning program, people are going to know this guy as well as they do every player on the Yankees and the Red Sox and all those other teams that I've talked about. So I really like that pick, and I'm happy that the Cleveland Indians have third baseman Nolan Arenado late of the Colorado Rockies. The sixth pick, sixth pick in this draft goes to Greg, and he will be selecting on the behalf of the Detroit Tigers. So because Greg is not here, we pass the microphone back over to Chris, and he will give you Greg's pick at number six for the Detroit Tigers. All right, this is my favorite pick in the whole draft, and it's not even mine. And the reason is because we have a trade. Oh, I love it. The Detroit, actually, that's not even the main reason, but that makes it fun too. So the Detroit Tigers have traded the sixth overall pick in the nuclear draft to the Montreal Expos in exchange for the 18th pick in the nuclear draft, which is also managed by Greg. And in addition to the next two first round picks in the real draft and cash considerations and future considerations, all that so that the Montreal Expos, I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but you might. Montreal Expos are going to draft Vladimir Guerrero Jr. (laughs) Big surprise. (laughs) And this would be the most fun story that could happen in baseball. The Montreal Expos go back to Montreal. Then there's a nuclear draft. Then they take Vladimir Guerrero. I mean, you can't get more fun than that. What an amazing homecoming that would be for the franchise how excited would be the would the fans be to get the expos back and have vlad there it would be the coolest thing young guy really young and you know home run power he's got his dad's lineage and just the whole story would just be beautiful and that's exactly what baseball should be focusing on right now positive fun exciting stories you could get excited about the story if you're an older fan who remembers the senior vlad you could be get excited about this if you're a young fan who barely knows the new guy uh, it's just it would just be a wonderful story on so many levels and baseball is doing the exact opposite right now doing the most typical boring turn off type of a story you can arguing about money while everything else is falling apart in the world and you know they just couldn't be more wrong to do what they're doing, more short-sighted. What an amazing story. I love that pick so much. Great trade, uh, great creativity by Greg. Very well done, and I've documented now in the 18th hole, the Detroit Tigers will pick there. 
So continuing on here with the 2020 nuclear draft, we are now at pick number seven, which belongs to the Pittsburgh Pirates. And that pick belongs to Chris, as he will make his next selection here in the 2020 nuclear draft on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Thanks, Mike. Okay, so with this one, I thought when if you're starting a franchise, you want a guy who can do it all. And I mean do it all, which I don't know if there's anyone else in the league, including Mike Trout, who can do it all. And uh, this guy, you could use him. He's a pitcher. He's a DH. He's everything. We're going with Showtime Shohei Otani because he can do everything. And that's what you want when you start a new franchise. You want a guy who's exciting. He has a big name. He can pitch. He can hit. He can. There's no one else who can do what this guy does. He is the Swiss Army knife of Major League Baseball. And he's just exciting. I think he would put butts in the seats. And he would really energize the franchise. He could even... Uh, you know, eventually mentor guys who are pitchers. He could mentor guys who are hitters. I mean, the, and you know, he's just a just a great, great guy from what I've heard. And on top of all that, I don't know if you've seen him lately. He is really bulked up. Really, like his shoulders are like boulders, as they say, right? Oh, and so I have not seen him because oh. he, he was hurt all last year. Well, he's been in the gym the whole time, and he looks very, very, very strong. So uh, yeah, good for him. I'm going to Showtime all the way there. I, I just think that's the perfect pick for a new franchise. Or for, a, for a franchise starting from scratch. Right, right. That's a great pick. Um, number eight on our list belongs, the pick belongs to me. And I am representing the Baltimore Orioles with this pick. And I've thought long and hard about this. Not a huge fan of the Orioles, though I love their colors. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Love their colors. Have had a great... Not recently, of course, but over the years, they've had some unbelievably Hall of Fame talent that has called Baltimore home, led by guys like Brooks Robinson at third base, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, and Jim Palmer, the only team in Major League Baseball to have four 20-game winners on the same staff in 1970. Four pitchers all went over 20 wins in that season of 1970. Coincidentally enough, the Orioles won the World Series That's in 1970 crazy. with four pitchers that good, you you probably should. Having said all that, Baltimore, I think the best way for Baltimore to get better is by being able to pitch. And I'm going to select the first pitcher of this draft. And I'm not going with the most expensive pitcher. I'm going with the pitcher that I think is the best pitcher right now in Major League Baseball. And this guy, I think, knows about pitching and some of the problems and some of the hardships of being a big time starting pitcher when you're pitching for a crappy baseball team behind you and I'm talking about Jacob DeGrom, Grom, excuse me, of the New York Mets. He has been the best pitcher in Major League Baseball quite arguably over the last 2 years and very much so in the National League because he's won back-to-back National League Cy Youngs the last 2 years. He won the Cy Young in 18, won the Cy Young in 19, and we know how bad the Mets have sucked. But with the sixth, excuse me, not the sixth, with the eighth overall pick in the 2020 nuclear draft, the Baltimore Orioles select Jacob deGrom, uh, starting pitcher for the New York Mets. And I think that is a great building block for a team starting from scratch. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, he's an elite pitcher and uh, you can't go wrong with that. I like the idea, really. I mean, if I was a true GM here, yeah, yeah, I might take Mike Trout first overall, but as it gets down, if it's close between a pitcher and a non-pitcher, 
Uh, boy, you, you, you like to build, I like the idea of using pitchers as your building blocks for a team. Well, you know, in this case, uh, again, DeGrom knows about pitching for crappy teams, but he's also been very durable. And, um, you know, obviously when you hear things like, uh, uh, UCL tear, which is a tear in the elbow on their pitching elbow, that can be career threatening. You know, you've got a whole bunch of different potential injuries that could derail a pitcher's career this guy seems to be durable he's he's thrown a lot of innings not I mean they haven't overworked him no pitchers in my opinion in this day and age get overworked because of these expanded bullpens and these bullpen games and all this other stuff but I think as a starting pitcher this guy's a good building block and the Baltimore Orioles regardless if we're pretending like we are right now or reality the Baltimore Orioles can use all the building blocks that they can get. And this guy is a solid addition to any team's starting pitching rotation. This is going to be a fun one. And it goes to our buddy, Greg, the ninth pick in the draft goes to the Toronto Blue Jays. And let's see the next selection for the Blue Jays from Greg, from our 2020 nuclear draft. The floor is yours. Thank you, sir. Okay. So uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, are going to select Juan Soto. Oh, damn it. I, I of, knew he would be. <laughs> of the uh, Montreal Expos, shall we say, not the Washington Nationals. But anyway, yes, Juan Soto, he just turned 21 in October. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was technically, he was barely old enough to drink the champagne. Correct. Right? <laughs> Correct. Won the world. So the guy's 21 and he has a World Series. That is the uh, start of a potential Hall of Fame resume there, if he can. But anyway, he was... Um, well, there's so many of these weird stats. I don't even know all these stats in uh, in Major League Baseball anymore. But his 143 WRC plus was second only to Mel Ott, whatever that is. So <laughs> sounds like RC Cola. To yeah, me. exactly. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's considered above average in every way. Uh, and again, 21 years old. The only stat I have, and I have. Juan Soto right here. The only stat I have about Ron S- Juan Soto, unbelievably talented young man. This guy made people forget that Bryce Harper once played right field in Washington, D.C. Uh, that's true. And he also, uh, well, <laughs> winning the World Series made people forget about Bryce but Harper. But again, yeah, but the, 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 um, the Nationals, or the Expos, as we like to now call them, they had the starting pitching that they won the World Series with previously to last year. They had Scherzer. They had uh, the other big guy. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head right now. Uh, they also, I mean, you know, you know, they had the great pitching, but... Juan Soto, to me, was the difference maker. They had the, t- as I've mentioned, they, they had uh, the pitching before Harper left for the big bucks of Philadelphia, but the team got better when Harper went north to Philadelphia, and a lot of that is attributable to Juan Soto, for sure. Let's go to the next pick in this draft, and it belongs to Chris, the number 10 overall pick in the 2020 nuclear draft of Major League Baseball players. Again, is Chris's, and he's drafting for the Minnesota Twins. Yes, I am. And this is one of the very, very few picks where I picked a guy who was over 25 and where I picked a guy who is a big-name superstar these days. So the Minnesota Twins will select Mookie Betts. And he, you know, the guy is just unbelievable. I mean, like, this, his resume looks almost like Mike Trout's here, but he's got a World Series on there too, mm-hmm. right? I mean, AL MVP, four times All-Star, three times Silver Slugger, four times Gold Glove, 
All MLB second team, defensive player of the year, batting champion, 30-30 club, and he hit for the cycle. Like, it's almost almost the same as Mike Trout in a lot of ways, plus you get the World Series. So, uh, I mean, well, well known as one of the biggest names in the sport right now. He's still only 27 right now, turns 28 this fall. And, I mean, what can, what can you say? He's when you, when you can win a silver slugger and a gold glove and a biting title and just do it all on both sides of the ball, MVP, World Series, you name it. Do you know that Mookie Betts is also a professional 10-pin bowler? No. Yeah. Really? He, bowled, he was in the World Series of bowling, and he bowled a perfect game. Wow. Pretty good bowler. So pretty pretty good athlete. Multi-talented young man. Pretty good athlete out of Nashville, Tennessee. Any idea what his real first name is? None. Marcus. Marcus Betts. Marcus Betts. Marcus with I a like K. like Marcus. Uh, Mookie's pretty cool, though, too. Well, Mookie's I think he probably cool. just got rid of it. His middle name is Lynn, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably just Mookie, and kind of no one thinks about the second name. I had Mookie on my list. I had Mookie as fourth overall, uh, but, again, I already had a right fielder, so Mookie booked Betts is a great pick, and uh be interesting to see if he spends more than one year in Los Angeles. It will be interesting to see. Uh, next on this list is myself. I pick 11th overall and I'm picking for the Chicago White Sox. And again, I'm going for a position that I don't have yet. I've got a lot of different, uh, potential candidates on this list, but I'm looking specifically for the, uh, in regard to the Chicago White Sox, I'm looking for a shortstop. And I think the best one right now on my list, and I'm going to take them here, with the uh, 11th overall pick of the Chicago White Sox. They're taking a team's, a division rival team's shortstop. The 11th overall pick going to the Chicago White Sox in the 2020 nuclear draft is Francisco Lindor, the shortstop of the Cleveland Indians. The only stat that I think really is needs to be said about this young man, besides being a fine young player, is that he has been in the major leagues with the Cleveland Indians for four seasons, and all four seasons he has been uh, chosen to represent Cleveland and the American League in the All-Star game. So I think that's impressive. I've seen this guy play a lot of baseball because obviously they play the Toronto Blue Jays and they we get to see them in that regard. They're on nationally a lot on the Fox television network. I love this young man's game, and that's why I'm making him the 11th pick overall of the Chicago White Sox. Francisco Lindor is... My my choice at shortstop for the Chicago White Sox. Let's see. We've got pick number 12. It belongs to our buddy Greg, and he will be choosing this time for the team that used to be owned by George W. Bush, uh, the Texas Rangers. All right. Well, I think you... I'm assuming this guy is fairly high on your list, but I don't know that for sure. But he's uh, made quite a name for himself already, even though he's only 21 years old. So Greg is going to go with Fernando Tatis Jr. And I knew, yep. I just had a feeling. Son of a bitch. I had a feeling Mike uh, was going to have him pretty high on the yeah, list there. Yeah, un- I just have him as an unbelievably a talented young man. Uh, his father, of course, was a former major leaguer with a number of teams, but most famous with his years for his years with the St. Louis Cardinals, but another very, very good pick by Greg. Yeah, El Nino, as they call him. All right, so uh, did you want to introduce mine next? Yeah, I'm going. I'm working on it. Uh, Oh, here, we we changed this team's name. I love this. Instead Mm -hmm. of the L.A. Angels of Anaheim or all that other bullshit or the Disneyland Angels, picking (laughs) with having the 13th... (laughs) Having the 13th overall pick in the 2020 nuclear draft here on Unscripted, 
Uh, Chris will be choosing for the Los Angeles Angels. Thank you, sir. Okay, well, I am going to go with a pitcher here, a right-handed pitcher, and I just wanted a, a younger guy who I thought could really be a long-time quality starter. So I am going with Jack Flaherty, a right-handed pitcher of the St. Louis Cardinals. Young guy, well, he's 24. He's not that that young, but pitchers usually take a little longer there. And uh, the guy is, uh, you know, really making a name for himself. According to his Fangraphs war, the war rating there, he was behind only Justin Verlander. Um, he, he gets compared to Verlander all the time. Yeah, he's just, he's in the 91st percentiles for both exit velocity and hard hit percentage. And um, yeah, he's known for disguising his pitches really well and just seems to be a future superstar, I think, there. And um, yeah, I mean, geez, he put together a .93 ERA and struck out 106 more batters than he walked. Wow. Right. So, I mean, what, what, do you, what can you say about that? He's, uh, I like these young elite pitchers. Hopefully he's the next Verlander, like they say, or any other big name pitcher you want to come up with. But I wanted to really look to the future with a lot of my picks, and this is a good example. Okay. As we say hi and, and uh, welcome you to this 516th episode of Unscripted, a special edition episode of Unscripted as we're, we're trying to help baseball. We're trying to recreate some some uh, passion for the game of baseball. We're trying to fix what seemingly can't be fixed by Robbie Manfred and his band of bitches. We are we have gotten rid of six major league teams. We've pared it down to 24 and we're doing a one one round draft and we're calling it the nuclear draft of 2020. And next on the list is the 14th overall pick in this 2020 nuclear draft. It belongs to myself, and I'm drafting for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I'm not a huge fan of the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm even less of a fan of the fans of the Philadelphia Phillies. (laughs) So I could really stick them here with a stinker, but I won't. Because, again, I want to draft my potentially best team that I can. And I'm going by different positions and and a lot of different things here. Um, I would love to pick this guy and I might have to because I don't have a, a second baseman that I think is better uh, than this guy, so I'm going to go with this guy, even though I said I wasn't going to take any Houston Oilers or Houston Astros players, but there are a real, sh- in my opinion, there's a real shortage of good second baseman in Major League Baseball, and though this guy cheats, and though this guy lies, and this guy was mic'd up, and this guy was one of the ringleaders of the Houston Astros sign-stealing bullshit, he is a very good little baseball player, and his name is Jose Altuve of, wow. the, of the Houston Astros. And I'm not real happy with the pick, and that's why I'm sticking wow. him in Philadelphia. No, I'm sticking him in Philadelphia for a reason, because <laughs> they're going to boo the hell out of this cheater. But uh, regardless of his actions going back to 2017, I still believe, believe Jose Altuve is a very good second baseman, and I think it's a match made in heaven. Jose Altuve to get his ass chewed out and booed off in Philadelphia, I think is apropos. And that's why I'm taking El Tuve at number, what did we have? Number 14, the first overall pick of the Philadelphia Phillies. I think that's just classic irony right there. Wow. Wow. Uh, whew, uh, where do I start with that one? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, if you really want to stick it to Phillies, uh, that's cool. 
Man, uh, his he was literally three times better as a hitter when he was cheating than he was. Well, of course he was. <laughs> and when you know the pitch, it's coming. It's got to be an advantage. You know, I know he seems to be good without the cheating, but then he does cheat. I think part of it for me is it's not just punishing guys because they were on the Astros or whatever. But I just, I mean, it's not just how they are on the field. It's it's their character, and if they have poor character and poor integrity, that's tough to build a team around. If you're starting a franchise. Uh, absolutely from scratch you have to be really careful i think with who you're choosing as a personality and as a man and that's that's a tough one yeah i i don't even know if i could stick him on a terrible team or a team that i didn't like or anything like that because it's just he's just he's really just been exposed to somebody with just absolutely no integrity whatsoever i don't disagree with you but uh abilities wise I don't know of many second basemen that are better than Jose Altuve. So I think I stuck him in the right penitentiary, (laughs) and the right penitentiary is playing in front of the fans in the city of brotherly love, which is the most ironic thing in the world, the most uh, unbelievable thing, brotherly love in Philadelphia. No, they'd kick the hell out of each each other's brothers in Philadelphia. But I think if you're going to, for me, this is my call, for me, uh, Jose Altuve deserves a couple of years in front of the fans in Philadelphia. Let's go to the next uh, team on the list, 15th overall. Uh, the pick belongs to our buddy Greg, and he is choosing for the Atlanta Braves. Yes, sir. Okay, well, with that pick, he will select Trey Turner, uh, the shortstop for the Nationals. And, man, we're seeing a lot of Nationals on this list. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a reason they well, won. they got the, rid of Bryce Harper and got better. Yeah, there's a reason they won the World Series, I suppose. So, I mean, he's already a World Series champion. I guess he's 26, so he's older than most of my picks. Uh, he's been the stolen base leader. He's already hit for the cycle twice, which is strange. The hit for, Hitting for the cycle is kind of a funny one because you'd rather have four home runs than a single, a double, a triple, and a home run, right? For sure. It's kind of just a unique thing, I suppose. I I guess maybe it's supposed to signal your versatility, like you need the speed to hit a triple. Well, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think the thing that makes it so unique is that I think it's really difficult to get the triple. And um, because you've got to hit it in a certain part of the ballpark, in a gap where maybe... The, the hitter, or excuse me, the defenders weren't positioned right, and you've got to hit that, that gap and just run like the wind. And, and I think that's the exciting thing. I think the most exciting hit in baseball is the triple. I think it's more exciting than the home run. Uh, I, I would agree with you that, that in a perfect world, you'd love to be four for four with four bombs, you know, and, and maybe a couple of times you had two or three or maybe even, you know, one or two or three big guys on base. But I think the most exciting hit is the triple, and I think that's what makes the hitting for the cycle so unique. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Where are we now? That was um, pick number – that was the Atlanta Braves. Now we go back to the top in regard to Chris. He has the pick for the 16th position in this draft, and Chris will be drafting for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, sir, I am, and this is one of the very few times again where I am really targeting someone who is over t- over 25 and is a big name, and the St. Louis Cardinals would like to select Aaron Judge. And I, I, I'm sorry, I, I think Aaron Judge, I have him number 14 on my list. I'd like to have him on my team, but I've got a question about Aaron Judge right now, mm-hmm. and it's his durability. Mm-hmm. 
lot of injuries the last couple of years, whether it's his hamstring or his arm or whatever. And, and I think we need to get over that injury bug. He's got a, a bit of already as dominant when he hit 50 bombs his rookie year. He hasn't been healthy really since. And uh, I don't think there's any question about his ability. And when he's healthy, he can produce. But we got to get him healthy. I understand that. It's just for this is one of the only times where I like that the big name could help draw fans to the park and get True. them excited. Great call. And and not only that, not only to see a big name in person, but to see a big man in person. I mean, he's six foot seven, two eighty two, which for a baseball player is right. gigantic, right? And so I think he would just be a neat guy to go see at the park. And I mean, you know, number 99 and all that. And he just seems like a guy that you would be interested in. And again, I like when they're great on both sides of the ball. Like, it's hard to find a guy who's elite on both sides of the ball. Even most of the guys we're looking at, it's really hard to find a guy who's truly elite on both sides of the ball. And he's had a silver slugger award and he's won a defensive player of the year. So to do, and he's led the league in home runs. I mean, what else do you want? He, he can, he can be the best in the league at almost any non-pitching category. So it is a bit of a risk. He's a build, build older than the other guys, and he is a bit more injury prone potentially. But uh, I think he's worth the risk in this scenario. Sounds good. Um, let's go on to the next pick. And uh, that pick belongs to me, the 17th pick in the 2020 uh, nuclear draft here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Belongs again to myself, and I'll be selecting for the San Francisco Giants. And I think this is... And I'm very happy that this guy has not been picked up already. And I think that this guy would be perfect for AT&T Park or whatever the hell they're calling the park in the Bay, literally in San Francisco. This guy is a power-hitting first baseman who would do wonders in San Francisco with that short porch in right field. He'd have more balls out in the water than Barry Bonds used to potentially. And the thing that I like about this guy, besides his ability to hit the ball a long way, is he's got a, he's a great glove man at first base as well. And Greg probably knows who I'm talking about. I think you even know who I'm talking about. Uh, you like to not give yourself credit for having any knowledge about the game of baseball, but you do know more than you think. But I'm going with first baseman Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves, and he's going to be the first overall, the 17th overall pick, the first pick of the San Francisco Giants. I think, again, Freddie Freeman in that ballpark in San Francisco and with his ability to field the position as well as he did, I think this is a great choice. And I bet whoever, it's, well, I do know, it's Brian Sabian is the general manager of the San Francisco Giants. He would love the idea of Freddie Freeman playing first base for the G-men out there in the Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, I, you know, I have been to that ballpark with nobody around and I forget how we got in or what they were doing, but I was in San Francisco for a weekend to wrestle and I was with two guys from Japan. We drove from Vancouver down to San Francisco and we were allowed to just walk around that park with nobody around. Maybe, I don't know why, but we were. And so we just walked around there and, and stood there and, that that's a sight. That place, like that, is a beautiful ballpark, and I love how it's think literally about right now, on the water. The bay, now, just think about it. Just down the street, in the bay, literally, mm-hmm. is the new uh, Warriors basketball arena. Oh. The Chase Center is right down the street from Three Com Park or AT and T Park or, or whatever the hell now. they're calling it now. Interesting. Yeah, I I have to say that that was cool because I always like when stuff is like right on the water, not kind of, but right there is so cool. And oh, yeah. I like the balls it took to actually build it there in case I don't know, 
you wouldn't do it in New Orleans, maybe, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it, it's interesting and it is a really beautiful ballpark and I'll never forget just standing there with nobody else there in that ballpark when it's totally empty, but ready to go. It was really nice. Let's continue on here in episode 516 as we go through our 2021 round of the 2020 uh, nuclear draft here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. This pick uh, is our buddy Greg's. He made a trade earlier when Greg had the third overall pick. Uh, he traded, or no, she was sixth overall pick. He was originally on the clock with the Detroit Tigers. He traded the Tigers pick down. So he is now picking with the 18th pick in the 2020 nuclear draft. Greg will be selecting for the Detroit Tigers after a trade with the Montreal Expos. Yeah, I mean, I like how Montreal had to get Vlad there for sure. That's just too perfect. But uh, in the end, really, the, the uh, Detroit Tigers would win the trade with two extra first-round picks and then selecting this guy right here, a third baseman. And I never know how to say his last name, where to put the emphasis, but it's Raphael Devers, Devers, however it's you want Devers, to say Raphael it. Devers, Raphael Devers. I always want to say Devers when I look yeah. at that name. But yeah, Raphael Devers of the Boston Red Sox currently but anyway, he is a he is one of the top guys under 25. He's only 23 years old. Uh, he's you know he's maybe the best in the league for extra base hits and for total bases. And it's the jury's a bit out on his performance defensively. I saw some sites had him ranked below average, and some had him among the league's best. So it's really hard to say. I think the biggest issue was. He's one of those guys who is really good with difficult plays, but he struggles with routine plays. It's kind of it's almost like Rick Nash for the Columbus Blue Jackets back in the day when he would if you had three guys draped all over him, he'd score a highlight real goal, but if you just left him there, he wouldn't do anything. So, yeah, it's it's pretty funny, but uh yeah, an interesting one there with Raphael Devers for sure. No question. Let's continue on and let's go where are we going? We're going to Chris, back to the top, uh the 19th pick. In the 2020 nuclear draft here on Unscripted, Chris will be choosing at this spot for the New York Mets. Sir, you've got a lot of things to do to help the New York Mets. All right. Well, they are going to get started by drafting Yuan Moncada from the Chicago White Sox. Nice. Another third baseman. And uh, I don't think the Red Sox are going to be concerned that they let him go because they did um, acquire Chris Sale and then they did uh, win the World Series so it worked out but I mean the other Sox the White Sox have been really enjoying him uh, he's a sabermetrics darling yeah, I mean you look at any sort of advanced statistic and he really comes up well and he is a real just jack of all trades and I love those guys again I'll keep saying it when you start a new team no one's going to match showtime when it comes to really doing it all but um, Moncada can do it all and you know he uh he may be one of the big names of the future in the league. Okay, let's continue on. Um, number 20 belongs to myself. And uh, obviously, I I have uh, some history with this team just as a fan more than anything. Um, but I I am a closet Dodger fan um, from my years living in the, in the Southland. And uh, it... <laughs> It beats going to Chavez Ravine than going down to Anaheim to see the L.A. Angels. I mean, and now remember, I was in, if Mike Trout was there when I lived there, hell, I'm going to Anaheim to see Mike Trout. But at that time, the Angels didn't have anybody like that. But the Dodgers pick at number 20 belongs to me, and 
This is funny. This will be the second time this has happened to me, but I've, I've only got two picks left, and I think this guy needs to be one of my eight selections, so I'm going to make it right now, and he happens to pitch for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, This again. guy is an unbelievable young left-hander, and I'm telling you, folks, you know about the Dodgers. They they have uh, you know some celebrated guys on their staff. Um, they've got, uh, uh, what the hell is his name, Clayton Kershaw, and they've re- acquired... Uh, David Price from the Boston Red Sox in the offseason. But my God, folks, real baseball people will tell you that the best starting pitcher right now on the Los Angeles Dodgers team is the guy that I'm going to select, ironically enough, for the Los Angeles Dodgers at number 20, left-hander Walker Bueller. Mm. This guy is a stud. He can throw all four or five pitches. He's got an unbelievable mound presence. And I believe off the top of my head, he's only like about 22 years old. He is... Uh, his walk to strikeout ratio is unbelievable. I just really think this guy. If I, if I would have had the first pick, um, I mean, obviously I would have taken Mike Trout, but I wanted to make sure that somewhere in my eight picks during this nuclear draft that I wanted Walker Bueller on one of the teams that I was choosing for. And coincidence or not, he slips to number. Uh, number 20, but he's staying home in Los Angeles with the Dodgers. And I think, folks, again, I've mentioned some of the pitchers on that team, Kershaw, Price, Rich Hill. You've heard a lot of them, but the best one, and I think if you put a gun to Davey Roberts' head, I'm just using that as a metaphor, folks. I'm not talking about the rioting going on. All I'm just saying is if you put a gun to Davey Roberts' head and you needed a guy to win a game for the Los Angeles Dodgers, I bet you, that Dave Roberts would select Walker Bueller as the guy to start that game. I just think that much of him. And if the Dodgers ever let him go, I mean, let me just tell you this. When Dodger executives are comparing this guy to a young, back in the mid-60s, a young Sandy Koufax, this guy is the real meal deal. That's all I'm going to say. Let's continue on. And... um I kind of wish I would have picked this. I wish I could have gotten this team. It didn't fall into place for me because I would have picked a real ham and egger for this team. But at number 21, (laughs) Greg comes to the bat. He will make uh, his second to last selection. And Greg is choosing number 21 for the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs would like to get a shortstop, and they are going to draft Gleyber Torres of the New York Yankees. And um he's only 23 years old i feel like i've been hearing this name for a long long time but uh he's very very highly regarded uh defensively and um you know but he seems to be a lot better in um um was it him at second base or i want to he was at second base last year he moved to shortstop this year because dd gregorius was let go and they allowed him to sign as a free agent in Philadelphia with former Yankees manager Joe Girardi. That's right. And Gleber Torres moves over to shortstop. I had him on my list. He would have been my last selection. Greg got me again. But uh, great selection by Greg. Great young potential. And you know, you know the guy is good when they allow a very good shortstop like D.D. Gregorius leave for Philadelphia. He's going into the media capital of the sports world, I would say, in New York. And I'm going to tell you, man, if he can't if he can't produce, the fans in New York will let him know. The media in New York will let him go. But I think this guy is the real meal deal. Great pick again by Greg. And I'm just jealous that I didn't get to spend my last pick on Glaber Torres. 
I think he's a great pick. Mm-hmm. All right. And next. Okay. Um, Chris's last choice, number 22 overall, talking about the Yankees. Chris will be making his last selection uh, as the general manager in the 2020 uh, nuclear draft uh, on the behalf of the Bronx Bombers, the New York Yankees. Okay. And the New York Yankees are going to select a right-handed pitcher, and his name is Shane, don't call me Justin Bieber. And <laughs> he, he, uh, he's really making a name for himself. It's really hard these days to pitch a complete game because the coaching staff, like there's games where someone's got a no hitter and they want to pull. And I hate that. I hate that. That should never, ever happen. Nope. Agreed. I mean, if the guy is going, I don't care. Oh, right. For, no, the guy's got a fucking no hitter. Like leave him alone, honestly. And I mean, that's, that's been the whole thing with baseball. You know, you get to about, what is it, the fifth or the sixth inning, or the guy's got a perfect game or a no-hitter going, he sits at the end, You don't, no one talks to him, you just leave him alone, okay, don't go over there, you're an asshole. He usually like, starts at about the seventh inning. Seventh inning yeah. around there? Yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, okay, just, he's he's in the zone, let him go, and to, to take guys out in that situation is ridiculous. So the fact that Bieber had three complete games, not to mention two shutouts, is getting into unheard-of territory here. Like, this is getting into... You know, playing on both sides of the ball type of a you know thing in football type of a thing right, in right. how old fashioned that's becoming. But anyway, yeah, he's an all star. Uh, he beat out Justin Verlander for the Cy Young Award, <sighs> lowest walks per nine rate in the American League. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I mean, like you can just go on and on and on and on and on. He's kind of you know who he, <laughs> this is such a bizarre random comparison, and I hope this guy recovers. But uh, Jay Bomeister in hockey is known as such a minute muncher. And I mean, like, he's really good, but he's not Bobby Orr or anything, but he can just play forever. Yeah. And it's rare that you see that in baseball anymore with a pitcher. But to have a guy who can you eat up that many innings and you have this all these specialists and all these relievers and all these other starters who can just, who, you know, have that much less pressure on them and he makes them better. And I think that's the important thing with a teammate. And it's, it's tougher to find in baseball, I think. I mean, if you're John Stockton or Adam Oates or some of these guys in their sport, you rack up a million assists. Yeah, it's pretty obvious you're you're helping out your teammates there. In baseball, though, I think it's missed, especially today, with you eat up a lot of innings, you pitch perfect games or complete games or shutouts or any of that stuff. Man, you can make, oh, now the reliever only has to come in for two batters? Oh, no wonder he looks good, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it's a really, really valuable thing to have on a team. And so I'm happy to select Shane Bieber. I think he'd be a great guy to really build a franchise around. And he's also only 24 years old. Okay, um, next on the clock is my last selection, the 23rd overall pick um, in the first round of the 2020 nuclear draft here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. I think um, I like my team. I really, really do. And I had a number of candidates for this last position. And I've got a couple of pitchers. I've got a whole infield. I've got two-thirds of an outfield. I don't have a catcher yet. uh, And I don't have, which I think might be an unbelievably important position moving on in baseball, which is the closer. Uh, Because of the speciality now in baseball, um, you know, even have relief pitchers starting games now and going – you know, through the through the uh, lineup once, and then you go to the the middle guy and the long guy and the short guy and you know whatever the gay guy for all I know. But um, I think my team needs a closer. 
I was looking at two guys, but then they didn't qualify because they were both over 30 years of age. Uh, I like Araldus Chapman of the New York Yankees, but he's well over 30. He might be 40. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> where, where he comes from, eh, you know. Yeah. Uh, I also like Ken Giles of the Toronto Blue Jays as a closer and also was, you know, for years was the closer for the Houston Astros. But I wanted, again, I wanted a guy that was younger, a guy that could have a contract or two under control before he broke the bank. And as my closer on my team, and for my last selection, 23rd overall for the Boston Red Sox, I feel sad for this guy that he's going to Boston with those cheating assholes, but he is a very good young relief pitcher. And I'm going with Josh Hader from the Milwaukee Brewers. He was, uh, off the top of my head, at least 33 out of 35 in save opportunities last year. His walk to uh, strikeout ratio is better. No one, no one's is better. Uh, strikeout to walk ratio, excuse me. And he just, you know, it's so hard to hit off of this guy because of all the herky jerky motions. And then he's coming on your, coming in, you know, throwing, you know, uh, from one side and coming in and breaking your hands on the other to the right-handed better, you know, uh, to the right-handed batter. So um, I wanted a youthful team. I wanted a guy that's going to be around for a while. And so the last pick uh, of this draft for me, I'm using it on relief pitcher, closer, Josh Hader of the Milwaukee Brewers, and he will now pitch in that role for the Boston Red Sox. And we are at the last pick, the 24th and last pick of the 2020 Nuclear Major League Baseball draft here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. And that pick belongs to our buddy Greg, and he will be selecting for those sign-stealing morons from Houston, the Astros. Well, you know what? Uh, Greg didn't know where we'd be at because he made his list ahead of time. But how poetic is it that the next guy on his list is a Houston Astro? <laughs> George Springer. So, no, it's not. Mm. So he, uh, the Houston Astros are going to take a guy that they've already got, and he belongs there. His name is Alex Bregman. Oh, yeah. And so he is going to be the final pick of the first round here. He's only 26 out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, you know, he's he's a obviously won the World Series under controversial circumstances now. He's a silver slugger. He's an all-star. And he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's well-known as a great player. Um, the way he answered the questions at the press conference, and I'm sure he was coached, sort of like hockey players like Connor McDavid are coached to just, answer be boring and whatever but i don't know it almost seemed to make him seem guilty to me the way he <laughs> the way he just didn't want to answer everything he just had lawyer answers to everything like what what do you say here uh Bregman said like i am really sorry about the choices that were made by my team by the organization and by me i've learned from this and i hope to regain the trust of baseball fans you know and he would. They asked him a bunch of questions, and he just did some variation of the same phrase all the time. The commissioner made his report, made his decision. The Astros made their decision, and I have no further comment on it. And it, I don't. I don't know if he's been directly uh, linked to this. Oh yeah, has he? Yeah. So I mean, I personally wouldn't take him, even though we are drafting uh, a Houston Astro for the Houston Astros. I guess it's it's appropriate. But uh, I guess part of it, too, is that anyone besides Robbie Manfred would have given them a proper punishment, which would have made this seem a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Right? And then we wouldn't have to hate him so much. Now there's going to be so much extra hate because you didn't deal with it. You want to go... Like, this is how you know he's an idiot businessman, Robbie Manfred. You have to deal with it strongly so people can move past it. It's like the whole Kachuk and Cassian thing. 
Kachuk had to get his ass kicked by Cassie and right. so people could move, move on, on. Right? And it's the same as uh, Brandon Manning when he broke Connor McDavid's um, collarbone there. He did eventually play for the team, which was funny, but um, before that, I, I don't think he, I think he fought Lucic or someone, but he knew the next time they fought. And I, I don't know if he, I, I didn't think he intentionally broke his collarbone, but it's like, okay, right. I'm, I just need to get my ass kicked and then it's done. Now right. people can move on. And it's, it's important. And the fact that he's so weak, Robbie Manfred, and he didn't do the proper punishment, he thinks that's what'll make it go away. No, that's what'll make it worse. Yep. You have to punish the shit out of them. People are like, okay, it's in the past. We can move on. Man, he's the worst in every way. When you make Roger Goodell look awesome, you really need to look in the mirror. Yeah, no question. Honestly, fuck you, Manfred. I think that's the biggest problem I'm having in regard to accepting the Houston Astros as moving on is that there was no punishment for the players. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, they unbelievable. sold their soul to the devil, and the devil happened to be in the form of Robbie Manfred. They have, and to, have to blow up the whole league. And Robbie, just do this. <laughs> Robbie Manfred is, uh, is weak. Um, he's not a leader. He's a follower. And, um, baseball is reflective of that right now. And we'll have more about baseball in later episodes, uh, on this week's show of unscripted, but, uh, we are done with our first annual 2020 nuclear, (laughs) (laughs) first annual nuclear 2020, uh, major league baseball draft. A lot of fun, a lot of good players. Greg did a great job. You did a good job. I'm very happy with my team. And uh, it'll be fun to see how this sounds when I hear it back on one of my walks in the next couple of days. But uh, I think that all of our teams would be very competitive. And it'd be really interesting to see some of these players in different uniforms. Oh, it'd be so much fun. That would be really cool. I'd love to see Mike Trout in an A's uniform. Um, Real quick, we don't have to analyze. Sorry, but A's could never afford Mike Trout. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately. All right. They'd be standing out there by himself. Right. No other people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Oakland A versus. (laughs) The Oakland A, exactly. Uh, I want to just kind of list the other guys that were on my list because only... 13 of my guys. Yeah, so, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, I've got a few. Yeah. yeah. My my first 11 were taken. Yeah. And other than that, my 18th and 24th were taken. But the rest of them, like 12 through 23, other than 18, were not taken, uh, which is interesting. So uh, real quick then. So uh, my guys that were not taken, I had Mike Soroka, Trevor Story, Sandy Alcantara, Kevin Biggio, Chris Paddock, Victor Robles, Adalberto Mondesi, Tommy Edmond, Julio Urias, Garrett Cole, and Bryce Harper. And Greg had Bo Bichette, Trevor Story, Garrett Cole, Bryce Harper, Mike Soroka, and Jordan Alvarez. Um, guys that weren't taken off of my list, the highest one that was not taken off my list was number six, Anthony Rendon. He's now the third baseman of the LA Angels. Number seven, Garrett Cole of the New York Yankees was not taken. Uh, moving forward, I had, um, let's see, George Springer. Houston Astros, another talented player on the team of assholes. Don't take him. Um, Xander Bogarts, Matt Chapman, third baseman, Oakland A's. Trevor Story, same as Chris, shortstop, Colorado Rockies. Javier Baez, shortstop, Chicago Cubs. I'd never take a Cub. Um, 21st I have on my list, Pete Alonzo, the first baseman of the New York Mets. Third, excuse me, shortstop, Marcus Simeon of the Oakland A's, and uh, Glaber, well, Glaber was taken, so yes, yes, I forgot to do that. But Marcus Simeon would be the last one that wasn't taken off of my list. He's a good young shortstop for the Oakland Athletics. So 
Um, good, good percentage of my players, good percentage of your players, good percentage of Chris or uh, Greg's players were all taken. So obviously, I think all three of our teams would be very, very good. It'd be interesting to see who'd manage these teams. Uh, but obviously, again, I would love to see. That would be cool to see Mike Trout in an A in an A's uniform, now leading off and playing all nine positions <laughs> for the Oakland Athletics. Mike Trout. Um, we've got to run on this 516th episode of Unscripted, a really fun one. Um, really enjoyed doing this. I wonder if we'll see a second annual. We'll have to we'll have to figure something out because we there's so much to correct in baseball that we might <laughs> spend the rest year. of our lives trying to figure out the game of baseball. But we've got to run. A lot of things still to talk about this week. The NFL. We've got some uh, other things going on in regard to some some news and notes from the from the uh, world of college athletics. Uh, we have a golf tournament going on this week, and I found out finally where Fight Island is. Yes, I'm very excited yes. to talk about that. NBA players, I thought there was a slam dunk that the NBA was coming back, and I'm not so sure anymore because that favorite bitch of mine, Kyrie Irving, is stirring up some trouble (laughs) in uh, the NBA. And we also got some NHL news and notes. We've got three Canadian cities that are expected to hear by the end of next week about uh, their quarantine status in regard to Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver. Let me just say this, and we'll talk more about it in our regular episodes, but if the National Hockey League, as brilliant as they have been in my estimation, in steering us through this coronavirus stuff, if they don't think and if they don't look at making these bubbles in Canada, both east and west, I don't care if it's in two western cities, but both bubbles need to be in Canada because it's much safer in Canada right now than it would be in the United States. And I think that's some of the concern with the NBA players with this bubble scenario in Orlando. Um, I think that Bettman and Daly need to look feverishly at having the two bubble teams or the two bubble cities, I should say, in the National Hockey League both be in Canada because the numbers are going down in Canada, folks. Canadians are playing by the rules much more strongly and stringently than the Americans are and it shows in regard to the number of cases. There was a big influx of cases this week in Arizona again. Big influx of cases this week in Florida. So obviously the National Hockey League needs to take a look hard at having their bubble cities north of the 49th parallel, in my opinion. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.